Hi everyone, welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined today by a special guest. The newest member of our Packers digital team, John Kuhn, is here to recap the 2019 NFL Draft with me while Wes is out of town for a couple days. He'll be back on our next show. But uh, John, we survived the three-day frenzy of the NFL Draft. Hopefully got a day of rest on Sunday and we're back. Anything from this eight-player class for the Packers that stands out to you as kind of the uh, the the over overwhelming trait or trend as far as these players that Brian Gutekunst well, brought in? I think the entire draft class as a whole. You could use the theme "big guys that run." I mean, <laughs> it's it's truly amazing. You can just run down the list of each guy. Sure, their forty time is exceptional. Their explosion is exceptional, and they're big. They are tall. They are long. They can run. The linebacker, Ty Summers. Wow. I mean, I had to do a little research of him after the draft, but he is four five one with 27 reps on the bench press. He's a that sideline to sideline speed with some pops. So I mean, top to bottom, they they are some explosive uh, some players. Yeah, a lot of athletic traits certainly that uh, that apply to this class. I want to go through. We'll just go through in chronological order here. Day one, day two, day three, and what. Brian Gutekunst and his personnel staff did here. Mm -hmm. You look at day one, John, and I tell you, if anything speaks to the mantra of best player available drafting, it was this day one for the Packers because two edge rushers and a safety were signed in free agency. And then on day one with two first-round picks, Gutekunst drafted an edge rusher and a safety because he had players he really liked as Mm -hmm. he thought the best players in those spots obviously made a trade up for Darnell Savage, the safety from Maryland at 21. But uh, these are uh, these are two guys who are definitely going to have an opportunity to step in and perform early and often for Mike Pettin's defense. Yeah, and. I don't think there's a, a real secret behind what they're trying to do here. When you look at Mike Pettin's defense, you can think of one word, savage. A, a bunch of guys with relentless attack towards the ball, and that's what they're building here. Uh, when you sign three out of four free agents in the offseason to your defense and then five out of eight draft picks again go to your defense, right. that's showing a dedication to one thing. We are getting guys who are going to come downhill at you, play after play after play, and you see that. Uh, you, you see that with Gary. It, they they have the edges covered with the Smiths, which, by the way, how easy is it to say just the Smiths in, in referring <laughs> to the edge? Like, we don't have to worry about remembering three different – we could just say Keeps the Smiths simple. on yeah. the edge. Keeps and then simple. you add Gary, and and you have three guys here that, that are all kinds of versatile, can jump inside, can jump outside. Third down is going to be an incredible down to watch this defense. And – I think also you go to the middle, the interior defensive line, and that was probably the most solid part of our roster. Yeah. When you look at Tyler Lancaster, Mike Daniels, Montrevious Adams, Kenny Clark, and then you you throw in the mix that Gary can do that too, and Kingsley Kiki later in the draft. I mean, all kinds of options at the defensive line front. Yeah, you said it with the word versatility because it looks like what's being built here with this defensive front, and you also said it on third down. It's about mixing and matching different packages, different alignments. You know, you could see Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, They on a third down, they might be on the edge, they might be on the interior. Rashawn Gary gives you those same mm-hmm. options. They'll be... What I see developing here on the defensive front is on a 
week to week, a game plan to game plan basis. Mike Pettin looking for specific matchups on certain downs. He wants this guy against that blocker yep. to get after the quarterback. And they're trying to build this defensive front to give him as many options as possible in that game planning sense. And when you used to watch the old Baltimore Ravens or the old Pittsburgh Steelers, they used to run this defense that was really difficult for people to pick it up. The 49ers ran it to a certain extent uh, later on, too. And we would just give it the name Summer Defense because some guys are here and some guys are there, and they're all just <laughs> standing up on the prowl, ready to pounce on the offense when they snap the ball. I see all kinds of options for the defense to go in this direction this year. Mike Pettin's going to have a grand old time standing at the board, writing X's and O's, finding ways <laughs> for guys to come and, and, and attack. But uh, but I also think that second pick in the first round with yep. Darnell Savage also adds quite a bit of versatility to this defense because he's a guy who, in center field, he has an innate characteristic for being able to find the ball, hunt it down, play that center field, and hold the middle of the field down. But what he's also good at doing, and we've seen this at Maryland, he drops down, he can cover the slot, and he can come in the box and fit on runs. That's a huge asset to have on the back end, to be that versatile, play all three of those different angles that safety sometimes find niches for. Now, he can do all three. Yeah. Well, with certainly with Savage, this was a guy that, that Brian Gutekunst targeted and he really liked. He gave up two fourth-round picks to the Seattle Seahawks in a trade in order to move up from the 30 spot up to 21 to get the safety he wanted on paper. This is the guy who has the biggest opportunity in front of him in terms of potentially being a full-time starter right from day one, from the day that he walks in here. And uh, boy, Rashawn Gary, 4'5", 840 at 277 pounds, you kind of scratch your head at that. And then this guy, Savage, 4'3", 6", in the 40. You know, I don't, I don't think the Packers have had this kind of speed with a pure center fielder safety since probably Nick Collins yep. was the guy mm -hmm. back there. Wouldn't you agree? I, I would agree, and that to me is what makes him so special. That speed is why he can drop down and cover the slot and uh, and make plays on the ball, impress man. But let's sit him out in center field. <laughs> And he can cover all 53 yards from sideline to sideline. Right, chase it's, the ball. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an incredible thing to watch, this defense, and how it grows in year two. Yeah. All right. Well, before we move on to day two, a little bit of sponsor business here, John. The Green Bay Packers get ready for game day with the powerful noise-canceling technology of Bose QuietComfort 35 Headphones 2. Learn more at www.bose.com slash Packers. Bose, the official headphones of the Green Bay Packers. And at Homer here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay, John, moving on to day two here in the draft. Early on in the second round, there was kind of a run on offensive tackles. Mm -hmm. there were, the Packers were the 12th pick up in the second round. There were four offensive tackles that were taken before the Packers were on the clock. And the Packers did decide to go offensive linemen, but, but they went with an interior offensive lineman, Elton Jenkins from Mississippi State, a two-year starter at center his final two years, in the SEC, but a guy who started at pretty much every position at some point on the offensive line, the Packers are going to first look at him as a guard, potentially to uh, to compete for time there. Yeah, and when you look 
When you're 6'5 and you have the arms as long as his, you are not pegged in a spot. Yeah. You're not a center, a guard, or a tackle. You can play all five. And we saw that. He did he did just that back in college. And 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 that versatility again, it we're gonna go through every single guy. That versatility again is what makes him so appealing. And now I look at this offensive line and I think, wow, we go across the front, we got David Bakhtiari, we got Lane Taylor, we got Corey Lindsley, um, we got Billy Turner, we got um, Brian Balaga. But we didn't even mention yet Cole Madison coming back last right. year's fourth round pick. And now you got Elton Jenkins. This line looks like it's going to be stout. This line looks really, really good now. I mean, you got to be excited about going in, running the zone run offense with this with these guys, and they're all really good pass protectors. Yeah. It's it, I mean, I'm really excited about what they did with the offensive line and how that's going to progress here moving forward. Yeah, and Corey Lindsley is a guy who's played every snap at center for the last two years, but if he were to need a backup, the Packers haven't really had a, a, a pure, experienced center mm-hmm. as a uh, as a potential backup to Lindsley. So if Jenkins is not in that starting lineup as a rookie, certainly it looks like he could be a backup, obviously, at multiple spots there yeah. on the interior. And, and people don't understand how difficult it is to actually field a roster on game day. And with his versatility, the ability, I mean, normally on game day, you only dress seven, maybe eight linemen. Right. Right. So that means you can't even back up every single position. Sure. If, if you get three guys or, God forbid, a fourth guy hurt, you're lining tight ends or D-linemen up. I mean, we've <laughs> seen that happen in the past. Yeah. And to have a guy who can literally go in and fill any single spot, that 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 lets you rest easy at night as uh, head coach Matt LaFleur, knowing you have that guy who is a plug-and-play guy. Yeah. With the third round then, at pick number 75, the Packers took a tight end, Jay Sternberger, out of Texas A&M. Now, this is a guy, he started out at Kansas. Things didn't work out there. He went to a junior college. Then gets an opportunity to play at Texas A&M in the SEC. And as a one-year player there, 17.3 yards per catch and 10 touchdowns in the Southeastern Conference. Those are numbers that that jump out at you. Now, with only one really year as a full-time starter as a college player, there's a lot of development here to go with Sternberger, but you can't ignore those numbers no, in that conference. No, absolutely not. Uh, he, I, I'm so excited, and, and he is probably the most, ex, uh, out of all the draft picks, the one I'm most excited about because there is so much unknown and yet the ceiling is so high with this guy. Yeah. You just said one year of Division One football is really all he played, right. but he had great numbers in a great conference. That conference, by the way, had 49 guys drafted this weekend, which is, I, I think they said, the highest. I ever. think that was a record, yeah, yeah for one, and, for one uh, league. Yeah. So, so what he was able to do in that one year was quite exceptional. And, and then you go and you think, man, he gets to come in and learn how to run routes behind Jimmy Graham, and he gets to learn how to block with technique from Mercedes Lewis, he has everything right at his fingertips to become a great player. And in Matt LaFleur's offense, the key is getting separation for the tight end. You can run them on over routes. You can run them on stick routes. There's all kinds of combinations that they run. And this guy showed he's able to create separation at the highest level in Division One, and that's why he's here. Yeah, and the biggest investment the Packers have made in the draft in a tight end in five years, having used a third-round pick in 2014 on Richard Rodgers. So, um, and Sternberger, I think, in my opinion, Wes and I had talked about this in shows leading up to the draft, if you don't have 
those two Iowa tight ends, which was very unusual to have those guys rated as high mm. as they were and both coming from the same school. These other tight ends that were taken in the second, third, and fourth rounds would have potentially been much higher picks mm -hmm. in other years. So I find that interesting as well. With day three, Packers had four picks, ended up sitting and picking at all, all four spots for all the trading that was going on. And I believe that was another record in this draft overall was the number of trades that were executed. No trades from the Packers. Gutekunst ends up taking three defensive players, Kingsley Kiki, defensive lineman from Texas A&M, Kadar Holman, a cornerback from Toledo, and Ty Summers, inside linebacker from TCU. With Holman, I tell you, I don't know what uh, exactly your path was to get to Shippensburg <laughs> University, but what Holman had to do just to get an opportunity to play in college football to 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 get a chance at Toledo and then now for him to be drafted it's quite a story it really is and, and, and people forget to play college football it's scholastic athlete you still have the scholastic first and his struggles were trying to make sure his SAT scores were good enough to get in and he grinded for a year until he got him at a level where he could get in I, I mean now he has his college degree he's working on a master's yeah. it's just the biggest 360 story that you could imagine, and then he gets drafted. And he not only gets drafted, he gets drafted to the Green Bay Packers where he can come in, he can develop, he can flourish. The guy's tall, he's six foot tall, he runs a 4-3. I'm all <laughs> kinds of excited about a guy with those measurables on the outside, and he's a three-year starter. You can't take anything away from a guy. A three-year starter in Division One. you have it. You have toughness, you have leadership, you have those innate characteristics that are going to lead you to excel. Yeah, I mean, it's not at this point, it's not quite the uh, you know bagging groceries and ending up in the Hall of Fame like Kurt yeah. Warner, but a guy who's unloading trucks for Dunkin' Donuts and then uh, suddenly then becomes a sixth-round draft pick of the Green Bay he Packers. He was emailing his game film to college yeah, saying, I mean, bring me in. Yeah, bring me in. Somebody he, give me a chance. And then they bring him in as a walk-on. And he makes the team and earns a scholarship. And then gets it's a scholarship. just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an incredible, it's an incredible story. I can't wait to meet this guy when, uh, when he arrives later this week. Um, you talked about Kingsley Kiki earlier. He kind of falls into that same versatile defensive mm -hmm. lineman thing. And then with Ty Summers, now an inside linebacker, but you know this is this is a guy, another one with a lot of the measurables, tested really well. And strikes me as one of these guys that if he can make the 53 is one of these guys that you that you plug in on special teams on almost all those units and say, use those athletic traits, go get it. Yeah, you know, uh, the first thing with, with Kingsley Kiki is I saw 295 and... And I saw, or I, I thought, this guy's an interior lineman. He, he's an interior lineman. But they said he played some defensive end and, and made a transition in college. And But I still thought interior lineman. Until I went back and watched his 40 at the Combine. Oh, yeah. He is an athlete. He is a speedster. I mean, he was trucking on the 40-yard <laughs> dash. And he's... He, he can show that versatility. He will be able to do that. With that type of speed, he'll be able to bounce around at three or four different defensive line techniques, and that, again, is an advantage for Mike Pettin. Yeah, he made a transformation with his body because he started out as a nose tackle at A&M, then dropped somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 pounds. They move him out to defensive end for his final year, and he gets seven sacks in the SEC mm -hmm. that, you know, when – you jump out to and play that position for the first time and you get seven sacks again in that type of conference, that's a guy that looks like, you know, it's it's an arrow that's pointing up and you don't necessarily know how high it might go. Yeah, and 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 let's be let's face it, most starting tackles in the SEC 
end up playing in the NFL at some point in time. It's just that's how good that conference is. And and again, I just go back to his 40 time, the way he ran that thing. <laughs> he was a train coming down that 40-yard dash. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the other pick we haven't talked about yet, the one offensive selection that was made on day three in the sixth round, Dexter Williams, a running back from Notre Dame. Another interesting story in terms of his mother and some illnesses that she's dealing with, and she moved from Florida up to Notre Dame to uh, to be with him, a really close, obviously, tight-knit family. He was dealing with a suspension, suspended for the first four games of last season. Then he comes off that suspension. The first time he touches the ball, he runs for like a 45-yard yep. touchdown, and then it was, I think, a week or two later, he breaks off a 97-yard touchdown, which is the number two longest touchdown run in Notre Dame's record books. Now, this is a guy, his 40 time was in the high four fives, but then you look at the film and the big playability. Does this is a guy who runs away from yeah, people. does not correlate. Yeah, what, what, what. Now, I love running backs. I, I, I <laughs> love running backs. And, and the thing that excites me about him is he is perfect for this Matt LaFleur zone run game. He is a one-cut downhill and run away from people type back. Uh, he's, he's larger, but he's not the biggest guy. Uh, but he's still fast enough that he can take off. He had a 90-yard touchdown in college. And what, what really excites me about him is the fact that when he touches the ball, what he's able to do on the second level, make guys miss. It's not just one cut into the traffic, boom, bang, bing, we got five yards, you got the last two. He's taking it to the house. He's a home run hitter yeah. in this offense where, if you think about it, going back to the days of Mike, Shan or Mike Shanahan in Denver when they had Terrell Davis, sure. one cut to the house. He was a late-round draft pick. I'm not yeah. making comparisons other than the fact of the offenses, but it's pretty exciting to see. Yeah, well, with Williams, the thing that's interesting now, the one year last season was his first opportunity as the uh, as the full-time number one running back at Notre Dame. He rushes, as I said, he sat out the first four games because of a suspension that was for undisclosed reasons. It was a suspension imposed by the school. He gets in the lineup in over nine games. He rushes for 995 yards and 12 touchdowns, I believe. So you wonder if he had played all 13 you wonder what numbers he would have put up but the other thing that jumped out at me you look at the previous year when he was in a part-time role he averaged 9.2 yards a carry Ooh. he only had 30 or 36 carries because he was a part-time guy but every time he got the ball he's gaining a first down I mean you can't ignore that kind of no, stuff. no you can't ignore that and and his knock was the little bit of off the field issues that he right. had but man when you talk to him in his interview he seems like he's come full circle he seems like he's really focused he's addressed these things in the past the fact that he's bringing his mom up here to live with him he calls her his guardian angel right i just think it's fantastic i mean my mom didn't move up here until i had kids <laughs> i wish i had my mom taking care of me making me dinners and doing, yeah, you know, you doing my laundry for me but that's I, I just think it's so great he seems so focused he's got his vision straight and I, I see nothing but upside with him all right well we could talk about this draft class probably uh, all day long but we're running out of time here so i'm going to call it a wrap on this edition of packers unscripted a big thanks to our newest member of the Packers digital team, John Kuhn, for sitting in and rapping with me about the draft. Wes will be back for our next show. And until then, we'll see you next time.